Well, this, uh, this past week, we had our first gathering of the women's group downtown in the Pinnacle Bank building. And the question that we all reflected on was, if you were to describe your life now with God, what season would you pick? And, and what sort of characterizes that season? And interestingly enough, in the gathering, we actually had all seasons reflected. We had some who were in the summer and were just experiencing uh, the productivity, the fullness, the joy of life with God and others. And there were some who were kind of in an autumn season, which was characterized by uh, a letting go of things in anticipation of something next, but a releasing season. And there were some who were in a winter season. And by the way, the winter season is always too long. The winter season, you know, just that stripped downness, barely the energy to reflect, really just enough to cling on to something or be held onto by someone. And then the spring season, that freshness, that tenderness, that that sense of new things, Jesus inviting you, come follow me, and all the world is exciting and ready. So all these seasons, and the purpose of this, of course, it's not just navel-gazing and dwelling in where we are. The purpose of this kind of reflection is to acknowledge exactly where we are in our actual life and see what God is doing there. What is God doing in a winter season in my life? Well, uh, the book of the Bible that is most helpful, at least historically in this kind of reflection, is the book of Psalms, which is, of course, Israel's hymn book. And Israel's hymn book uh, is characterized by a couple of things. It says it like it is. The Psalms say it like it is. They express bitterness, sadness, joy, fullness, anticipation, everything. Nothing is not put in the Psalms. Uh, They also are sort of one side of a conversation. Kind of like when you're hearing somebody talk on a cell phone, you know, which we all hear quite more than we need to. Uh, You know, you just hear what this person is saying. You don't hear what the other person is saying. The Psalms are a recording of what the people of God are saying to God. We don't get to hear God in that conversation. If we want to hear God, we go to the prophets. or We go to the New Testament where Jesus himself is giving us in his body, in his words, God's reply. But the Psalms are this expression in hope, in trust, that God is listening and God is answering, which is why even the most despairing of Psalms are actually hope-filled. Well, this particular psalm that we read today, Psalm 137, is, of course, about a winter season for the people of God, for Israel. Because in 586 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar of the, um, not the Assyrians, the Babylonians, yes, the Babylonians conquered Judah and uh, brought all their high-level people, the king, his family, his servants, all the sort of people in charge of government, and removed them and put them in Babylon. 
so that Judah would no longer be a powerful independent nation, so that Judah would depend on Babylon. And of course, it was terribly harsh. People lost their family members. They lost stripped of all their status, stripped of their work, stripped of their identity, their food, their place of worship, complete disorientation for the people of God. That is what characterizes a winter season for the people of God. And of course, to a greater and lesser degree, each one of you here has experienced a winter season in your life. It can happen when we are very small. Complete disorientation. Maybe our parents decided they were going to move, and all of a sudden we're in a new school. It's third grade, and our group of friends that used to greet us at the lunch table, they're no longer there. We're just kind of sorting it out anew, afresh, feeling a bit alone. Or perhaps, um, perhaps you are in your 50s and, and you've lost your job. You've lost the security of your income. You've lost uh, your sense of being a capable person. Complete disorientation, dislocation. Or perhaps a death, somebody that you love, your family. Uh, these are all the ways in which we encounter a winter season in our own lives. And so the question is, what is God doing there? or here, if we are into winter season right now. And I'm just going to give you really two things to think about. One is that in that just stripped downness that we encounter, that the people of God encountered in that winter season, we are reminded of our utter dependence. It makes us very aware of the precariousness of life and, and the inexplicable givenness of it. We don't really have as much control as we thought we did in a winter season. And that, uh, that can turn our eyes to look for the one eternal, good, and true source of our life. And that, of course, is God. In the church that I used to serve in in Mattapan, which is a little town in the city of Boston, uh, the preacher used to say, it was a Caribbean church, she used to say, God is good, and then everybody would reply, all the time. Okay, let's do it one more time. God is good. Yeah, and that is an act of faith, isn't it? God is good all the time in every season of our lives. So that's one thing winter does is it, uh, it's this invisible activity. Like, you know, I come from New England. You look around at a tree in winter, it looks dead. It looks like there is nothing going on in that tree. But on a cellular level, there is a lot going on in that tree. And that's the same with us and what God is doing to us in a winter season. And the second thing, and I know this was true for me, is that in a winter season, maybe for the first time, we see Jesus on the cross. Not just as the one who died for the sins of the world, but as the one who died for me. Because when we enter that 
winter season, we often feel that the word is dereliction, abandonment, not being understood. And you see Jesus on the cross, and you realize he got there way before me. He, God himself entered into human suffering, and he knows, and he is with me. But Jesus didn't just do that for empathy purposes. It's not a small thing that God actually empathizes with us from his own experience, but that's not the only reason that Jesus entered into suffering and death and abandonment. The reason he did that, actually, was, of course, to restore us, to redeem us, to make us whole again in this mysterious, full, abundant life that we have in our relationship with God, that we are um, new members of this kingdom in which Jesus, this is quoting from Timothy, abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. This conclusive act of Jesus on the cross, which restores us to fullness. Amen. So just as you prepare to receive this abundant life in the bread and the wine of Jesus, his body and blood given for you, you may take a moment to reflect on what season am I in? What is the actual truth of my life right now? The only one I have to live in. And what are you doing in it, God?